1: Welcome to the PHNX Caddies podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcast, and leave a five-star review. I'm Steve Peters alongside Craig Morgan, and Leah has the day off today. So the inmates are running the asylum, and we have no one steering the ship or driving the bus, so... Uh oh!
0: <laughs> get ready good for a, for a two hour podcast. Yeah, good
1: luck keeping this on the rails and on topic, <laughs> Craig. Are you feeling any better today? Did you get the rants out of your system? I
0: did. I got all those rants out of my system, so I, I feel better. Yeah, I just, I yeah, I'm. Uh, I, look, some of those are are longstanding issues. I just uh, the the Andrew Ladd one really bugs me, and I don't know if I have no proof of this at the at this point that. Andrew Ladd's association with the 2010 Blackhawks and that scandal had anything to do with this, but I, uh, you better make sure that I, I, Andrew Ladd actually knew something about that because he was he was gone in a heartbeat after that season ended, if you remember. And with all that he went through, man, I, again, I just I just yeah. think he belonged at least among the finalists, especially when you look at two of those guys that are on there, Carey Price and Zdeno Char, who I think are just to be blunt, god awful choices.
1: And we talk about it all the time on this show regarding anything, any kind of voting, anywhere in any sport, the East Coast bias is always present. And I think here as much as ever, Like it, it's, it's always, it's, easy. it's East Coast, they win everything. <laughs> well
0: anyway. yeah there's we should probably look like in the voting we should probably look at representation mm-hmm. um yeah there, there should probably be a better spread of that and some of it's some of it's problematic cuz listen there i'll be honest there aren't a lot of members of the PHWA mm-hmm. in Arizona i've tried to beef up those numbers a little bit we have you know 5 now but we're going to be losing one cuz cat silverman has moved to san diego so it's tough you can't you can't even bring people in to vote but We need to look at ways of creating better equity in the voting because it does seem like it's always skewed toward those teams in the Eastern Conference.
1: Well, I know you got your rants out yesterday. I'm not sure it's going to get any better today. So (laughs) earlier in the week, we spent time talking about the best picks the Arizona guys have ever made in the draft. And as we all have talked about all week, they have the third pick in the upcoming 2022 draft. And the hope is this player will go on to greatness. But as we know, this is not always the case. So today, Craig and I are ranking the worst Coyotes draft picks in the history of the franchise. And we have to find out who earns the top spot or <laughs> I'm the bottom spot. Yeah. So Craig, Here we go. Without further ado, and this could honestly, this could be a two hour show because this and you know what, before we really get into this, in deference to the scouting staff in general, I, every team could go through one of these worst picks and guys that they missed on. And no question. It just, it just, it's burns hotter here in Arizona because they have not had that one big draft success. And I think that that's why this is a little bit tougher, but every team could do the same exact exercise.
0: I think people are going to be surprised. I'll just say this off the top. So I'll, I'll let people know that two names that they think might be on this list won't be on this list. I think people will be surprised that we don't have Dylan Strom or Kyle Turris on our list of top 10 worst picks in Coyotes history. And here's why both of those guys have gone on to at least decent careers, right? They're, yeah. they're putting up points. They're productive players. It's not like they're, you know, God awful players that never even made it to the NHL. And there are some of those on this list or, <laughs> or, you know, guys who really struggled and didn't, it didn't come anywhere close to living up to their, their draft position. I mean, you can certainly make an argument that Turris and Strome were not number three overall picks, but they are productive NHL players, so they're not going to be on the list. And just a warning: as I hear the banging begin again, PD, we'll just we'll come I know. clean. Get it us. out there. I'm getting a new roof put on my house. I'm doing this from home, so periodically you may hear my roofers at work. I'll try to mute it whenever I'm not speaking, but you know, just adds yeah, a little flavor to great. the podcast.
1: There is always something, but it's street racers. It's, it's real work. I (laughs) tell you what, honestly, it's not as bad as you think it is. I can faintly hear it. So I think we'll be able to muscle through this list. And when you talk about Stroman tourists, I think the disappointment there is how high those picks were and how much excitement was built around the draft during those years. And Oh my goodness. We're going to get a great player. And these guys, turris played over 700 games. Strom is going to hit 300 this year. Like, these guys are players. They play in the league. They may not reach the heights or have the bar set as high as what we had hoped when they were drafted at the spots they were drafted at. But you can't say they're bad picks, especially when you compare them to the upcoming list. <laughs> because <laughs> I will say this. There are many listeners that are going to be saying, who? Like, who? Mm-hmm. And you, you, there are so many names that are unrecognizable on this yeah. list.
0: And there, uh, nine out of ten on this list are first-round picks. That's what's so disturbing about right. this list when you're like, wow, I, I don't know that name. That That should not happen with a first-round pick. You need to hit on your first-round picks. Clearly, you need to hit on top five, top ten picks, but you really need your first-round picks to – make a mark on your franchise if they don't that's that's a a bad pick
1: yeah and we talk about you know going back and drafting as hindsight but the coyotes seem to miss a lot so without further ado craig i'm gonna let you start with this one and we're gonna start at number 10 in the worst picks in arizona coyotes draft history take it away craig morgan
0: All right, this is the only player on this entire list who is not a first-round pick, and as soon as people hear the name, they will know why. In 2020, when the Coyotes did not have a first, second, or third-round pick for various nefarious reasons, (laughs) their first pick in the 2020 draft, and the first pick in the Bill Armstrong era, even though he was not allowed to participate in this draft, was Mitchell Miller. At number 111 overall. Now, look, I have done a lot of reporting on the Mitchell Miller story, and I can tell you that the national and local reporting on the story has been suspect in that it left out a lot of key details that were a matter of public record and public documents. That's troubling from a reporting standpoint because it has colored the the you know, the picture of Mitchell Miller. And there's no way to, there's no way to do, excuse what he did. Uh, and, and I think everybody's familiar with that situation by now. It was clearly just a, a brutal act of, of racism, of violence when he was 14 years old. Um, but as I said, court documents, literally public documents show that he did apologize. There was a letter written and he's done a ton of community work. People say, Oh, he's not, he's not uh, contrite. He doesn't, he's not uh, sorry for what he did. Well, how in the hell do you know, sitting out there reading three stories, whether Mitchell Miller is sorry or not, he has done what the court asked him to do. He's done it again. It's a matter of public record. This is not me suggesting it uh, without enough proof. It's public record that he's done a ton of work to try and correct this mistake. Nonetheless, the Coyotes should have understood the firestorm this pick would create. And they eventually did because they cut bait with him. They renounced his draft rights. Um, when you have an incident like this, particularly in this day and age where where there's a lot of sensitivity to this sort of topic, uh, you just don't make this pick. You want to, again, you, you're just launching your, your, your new era with your GM and your scouting staff. And, and this is the pick that you come out of the gates with. Man, that was, that was a bad pick for optics, and that's the reason that I have it at number 10 overall. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and I won't spend much more time on this one, Craig, other, t- other than to say there were no picks in the first three rounds. Your first pick is in the fourth round, and let's be honest. We've looked at the draft extensively over the years. Very rarely do you hit from four, five, six, and 7. You just don't. So you didn't need to do this. Yep. You didn't need to. It's not like you're picking first, second, or third, and you go, okay, well, you, no, you just didn't need to. You didn't need it for the first pick of the new regime. You just didn't need to make this one. Um, Mitchell Miller's defense right now, he's playing. He played all last year in the USHL, and, and maybe he's straightened some things out, and and he's got his, you know that past behind him, and he's able to to continue moving forward. So wish him the best of luck, but that's how Mitchell Miller landed. At yeah. number 10. Interesting that picked.
0: he interesting that he finished third overall in the USHL in points this year with 83. And his 39 goals were tied for the USHL lead. And he's a defenseman, albeit a 21-year-old. So they clearly saw something in him. And that's probably why they took the gamble, because it's a fourth round pick. But oof, that baggage, that baggage probably should have steered you clear of Mitchell Miller.
1: Well, let's move on to number nine and the
0: 2012 draft. Craig. Uh 2012, number 27 overall, I took, and I, you know, there's another name that has association with the coyotes because his dad was an assistant coach, Henrik Samuelson, a player who clearly never panned out. He just played three NHL games in his entire career. And aside from the obvious skating issues that he had that were well documented in the scouting reports work ethic became a major issue for Henrik Samuelson. He never seemed to put in the time to get his body in the right kind of shape. He never seemed to dedicate himself to becoming a pro. So, I mean, it's, it's a number 27 overall pick. So even the, the odds there are a lot lower than the top 10, but, Henrik Samuelson was a bust, Petey. He was a bust. Yeah, this one's
1: tough for me because I, I remember, and again, this is where we talk about hindsight. And when you talk about Henrik Samuelson, he was six foot three, 230 pounds. In his last year at the Edmonton Oil Kings, um, he, he gets 95 points in 65 games the year of his draft year. He gets 80 points in 69. He he gets in the playoffs, he was an absolute monster in the playoffs. Two consecutive years for Edmonton. You go, okay. Big, strong, powerful right-handed winger over six foot three. Yes. Yes. And you go, okay. The one thing you always, nepotism is a problem. I'm telling you, it, it happens in every team. You, 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 and you, hey, we've talked about it on this show with Josh Doan. And, and you think, well, he's, he's not drafted because he's a Doan. He deserved it. And he does. So, did Henrik Samuelson, like this wasn't an off the radar pick. Like this kid was a first round draft pick at six foot three, big, strong, right handed guy that can score. Skating, as you said, was always an issue. Can he be quick enough and fast enough to play in the NHL? The problem with Henrik Samuelson, wonderful kid from a wonderful family, and he just didn't have that extra push to lift that extra weight in the gym or do that extra pull up. Um, before he left or stay out and take that extra shot it's not that he didn't want to be better I believe that he did I think that he wanted to be a good player there were just other distractions in his life that maybe not have been hockey focused and that it's too bad it's too bad And, and I think ultimately he's been able to get his life back on track and hey that's way more important than hockey Period. Getting your life on track is important, and I think he's been able to do that, so congratulations to Henrik Samuelson for that, Um, but I think when you're picking that high in the draft, it's a high first-round pick, a guy putting up numbers in juniors, you you don't necessarily expect a top-six forward. Maybe it's a third line winger that grinds it out for a, a 10, 12 year career. And he's there when you're ready to win. And we talk about pieces in the right place. Maybe he is your third line, right winger that can really get up and down the ice and, and, and do things at his size. Unfortunately, it just didn't pan out and he plays three NHL games.
0: Yeah. I'm going to let you do number eight. Cause I know you
1: have thoughts on this one. Oh Lord. Coming in at number eight of the worst draft picks in Arizona Coyotes history in 2010, goaltender Mark Visentin. And I, I, I'm, first of all, let's start with goalies. I am not a fan of drafting goalies early in the draft. And if you do, you better nail it you better be getting Carey Price because I tell you what, it is hard to draft goalies because it's just as easy to get a 27 to 30 year old guy that needs to move on and get a and get a new fresh start. We've seen it here over and over again on, yep. on a guy that's ready to do something different. So Mark Vizenton played in Niagara. He played for team Canada in the, in the world juniors ago. Okay. He's the guy. And I remember, I distinctly remember sitting next to assistant former assistant coach Dave King um, in a restaurant in Denver Colorado watching the world juniors we'd already drafted Byzantine he was playing the Russians in the gold medal game we were sitting by Dave King and his team Canada golf shirt and Canada had a two goal lead in the third period and Dave King's quote was the Russians are going to lose they don't know how to come back from this Canada's got this uh-oh they didn't. And Mark Byzantine was a big part of that. He did not play well in the third period. Canada loses the gold medal to the Russians. And it was the beginning of the end of his career. And you look at terms. Mark Andre Fleury had a, had a mo- defining moment in his world junior career. We turned a puck over, hit somebody in the shin pads and the Americans go on to beat the Canadians. Mark Andre Fleury turned it around. Mark Byzantine didn't. And, and and I think honestly, that little Mental doubt carried over into his area. He is never a guy that had that. One thing about a goaltender, you better have that fire. You better have that almost a cockiness to yourself. Like, yeah, yeah, I got this. I can handle it. I'm better than this cockiness, arrogance, whatever you call it. I don't know if he was able to get over the hump on that. And then he started getting injuries and he ended up <clears throat> being picked 27th overall in the draft. And I will tell you, Craig, he played one game one in the NHL, one, one game. And you picked him in the first round that happens. Do you want to hear the goalies picked? in 2010 (laughs) behind Mark Byzantine? Some of these names you might know. Frederick Anderson, seventh round pick. He'll be playing this week in the playoffs. Peter Morazic. I know you can say what you want about Peter Morazic and how he did with Toronto this year. It's played 295 games in the NHL. Fifth round pick Louis Domingue fifth round pick. Philip Grubauer, fourth-round pick, 269 games. Scott Wedgwood was in that draft. Kelvin Pickard was in that draft, and I know he might not be a huge name, but he played 116 games in this league. And the starting goalie for the Toronto Maple Leafs, Jack Campbell, was also in that draft, a little bit higher than Mark Vizantini. He was a first-round pick, but that's what you expect. You expect that goalie, the goalie that was picked in that draft in 2010 right now, should be the starting goalie for your Arizona Coyotes, and that's why this one frustrates me the most. Because look, since that time, how many goalies this franchise has gone through? It should be Mark Byzantine. It should be him in the in yeah. the top of his career, and that's why he lands where he does for me.
0: Yeah, we're gonna have another one on this list a little later. Um, but you're right about the the first round picks and goalies, and that is that has become more of a mantra with scouting staffs recently. It wasn't in 2010, but more recently, you're it, you're right. It's a it's a surefire can't miss star. Otherwise you are not spending a first round pick on a goaltender because as you said, you can always find guys moving on. Look at the coyotes history. Their best goaltenders have all come from outside. Who is the best goaltender that they've ever drafted? Robert, Esch, Louis Robert Ash, Louis in
1: 1996. Well, that's I, that's I crazy,
0: right? He's a backup. He's a yeah, backup I, goaltender. That's the best guy they've ever drafted. And yet who has played for the coyotes? Ilya Brzgalov, Devin Dubnik, Mike Smith, um, Darcy Kemper, you you start running down this list, Sean Burke, all these guys that they've acquired from elsewhere, Antti Ranta, you can go out and find a goaltender. There's always those situations where a guy's a backup somewhere, ready for his chance, and you can bring him on board. And that's why you just don't see goalies drafted high anymore because... Both, you can you can have a situation like Mark Byzantin, and you can always find somebody somewhere else.
1: Yeah, we're going to talk. These guys did not make the list, but I'm going to talk about three other goaltenders that were drafted in the second round that did not make the list. Outside the list, we got Joel Gistad in 2007, David Lineville in 2002, and Pierre Oliver Peltier in 2005. Those are second round picks. Exactly. <laughs> Who? And okay. I'll tell you, the, the, the 2005 Pierre P.O. Peltier drafted in the second round, two goalies picked behind him Ben Bishop and Jonathan Quick. Ouch. And, and again, so my point is, those guys never played. Those are those are goalies drafted in the second round, never played. We talked about the one first-round pick. There may be another one later in, in this show. You can't miss on these goalies. This is the foundation of your whole team. This is Carey Price. This is Marc-Andre Fleury. If you hit it, you can win. If you miss it, it puts you back and puts you behind. So it's unfortunate that we have a goalie this high in the list. And just wait, because there might be more. Okay, ready to move on. Yeah, you can do this one too. We'll, we'll, we'll alternate to to uh, to a side here. <laughs> this is this is so disheartening. Are we sure we want to keep doing this? <laughs> at number seven in 1996 draft, so we got to go way back. Eleventh overall, Dan Folt. big left-handed defenseman, six foot six. Another guy can't miss, right? You can't miss at A six foot six defenseman. Did play games, though. I will say this about Dan Falk. He, he did play, play games. the equivalent of one season. He played 82 <laughs> games in his entire career. Unfortunately, only 18 of those were with the Arizona
0: Coyotes. Craig? Yeah. Uh, listen, I, you're at number 11, right? You got to hit on this pick. And what's crazier about this draft, this was the first Coyotes draft, the first draft since they moved here. And there go my roofers, so I'm talking during the banging. I'm going to try and drown them out. <laughs> that same year, the Coyotes had another number one overall pick at number 24. And who did they take? They took Went Danny Breer. <laughs> yeah, that they one a little Danny better. He's got 696 points, which ranks second in that draft class in first in points per game. So their second first round pick probably should have been their first first round pick. And of course, they probably should have held on to that guy too instead of trading him for Chris Gratton.
1: But but, but again, and this this is kind of sums up this whole show because Danny Breer... Who you just said second in points in the entire draft in 1996 was picked at 24, 23, right in front of him. Pittsburgh picks a player named Craig Hillier, goaltender. How many games? Zero. Yep. Two ahead of Breer. Two picks before the New York Rangers picked a defenseman named Jeff Brown from the stardiest thing. How many games? Zero. So the pl- two players directly in front of Daniel Breer at 24 don't play a game zero games combined so that's when i go to say okay the coyotes missed so does everybody else the new york rangers yeah. got a guy two picks before Briere that never plays a game everybody's got this list so take it with a grain of salt it's okay to have bad picks you just can't do it every goddamn year that's the problem
0: you know who went two picks after danfolk and is also I, a defenseman i do Derek Morris, who became a coyote eventually. And Derek Morris has a thousand four points. And I'm gonna mute
1: myself now. And Derek talking. Morris plays over a thousand games in the NHL. And that's where we talk about orders. If you're gonna take a defenseman, but at the time, Dan folks six foot five in the Western League, he's a six foot five defenseman. They both played in the same league, they're both western western league defensemen. Coyote's pick the six foot-five guy, don't you? Like, don't you pick for size? And I, I'm sure that was their thought process. We're gonna pick the big guy. It just doesn't ever pan out. And that's how Dan Folk lands himself at number seven. And now the next one, we're gonna move on to the number, number six. six. And number this six. is this
0: this is a theme with our uh with our choices here. Uh the Coyotes have had two first-round picks in a few drafts. And wow, if you have two first-round picks, and we can talk about 2015 when they also had two, and that's one of the best drafts of this millennium, and they got Dylan Stroman, and Nick Berkeley, and then Fortunately, they acquired Lawson Krause, who looks like a, a really good player. But in 2010, with the 13th overall pick, and Coyotes fans know this name well. This one makes them shudder. They took defenseman Brandon Gormley. Brandon Gormley, in his career, played just 58 games and totaled five points. Without and of question, 58, only 32 were for the Coyotes. Yeah. Without question, Brandon Gormley also a failed draft pick.
1: And not only in those 33 games, this is an offensive defenseman they brought in. And in those 32 games, had four points. Four points as an offensive defenseman in 32 games. You look at his his last year in junior, I mean, he's almost a point-a-game guy. I mean, when you drafted him, he, he's getting 48 points in 47 games. He's over a point a game. And then the year after that, after his draft year, he, he dropped down a few in points. But he's still an offensive defenseman. you go, okay. Good skater, moves well. I, I, It just didn't translate. And, and you, this is one of the drafts, and we go back to 2010. Coyotes have two first-round picks. Two! Two! And then the one before we talked about Folk and Breer. Breer hit. Breer hit big. Second in points in the whole draft. They hit big. This draft, they have two first-round picks. And guess what? They both missed. This was the Mark Byzantine draft. So you get Gormley at 13, Byzantine at 27. Combined 59 games, 33 for the Coyotes. Huh? You can't miss those because there are so many good players. After Gormley, you might have heard of Jaden Schwartz, Vladimir Tarasenko, Nick Busted, Riley Sheehan. Like, there are so many good names. After them, Justin Falk is a defenseman picked in the second round that is leading uh, a, a leading defenseman in the National Hockey League. Like, you cannot miss. And they missed two. Twice in that draft. Yep. <laughs> oh boy,
0: this isn't as fun as I thought it would be. Right? No, it's not. It's 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 painful, just like the pounding overhead from my reverse. yeah. Um, coming coming in a little more clearly now.
1: Yes, it is. But we're gonna take take a break at the top six. So we've got we've got through five, and we have five to go. And another thing that's going on in the world of sports right now is the NBA conference finals. Without the Suns and the Bucks, Ouch. And the NBA playoff action is nonstop at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday in the NBA playoffs? Use DraftKings Same Game Parlays, and you can do just that. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PHNXBET dollars on any NBA game, NBA game to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code PHNX only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. All customers can place a same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. That's 21 and over. Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Eligibility restrictions apply. Please see DraftKings.com backslash Sportsbook for details what about that craig
0: that was a beauty read buddy that's Not a, bad. you want the Not you bad. want the paul binsonette applause i can give you some applause <laughs>
1: right okay. you know what yeah, i didn't do i didn't mm-hmm. write another time code i know and i'm gonna be in trouble see these little things i, I think it's about them yeah we missed okay. leah I know we miss Leah. We miss Leah. She just can't leave us for long stretches of time. I think because I think we can get through this because we have five to go. And trust me, when it does not get any better than where we have been already, we are going to jump to the fifth worst draft pick in Coyote's history. And and we're going to go to 2007. And I will say this. I'll let Craig take it. But this is another draft where the Coyotes had multiple picks in the first round. So we're going to go to 2007. Kyle
0: Turris went number three overall this year, but he's not on the list. The guy who went number 30 overall, I got to admit, Petey, when you threw this name down, I was like, oh, my God, I I, I forgot. I, I completely forgot about him. Yeah. And here's why. Because it's Nick Ross. Who? who? Who's, who who's Nick Ross? Oh, that's Nick right. Nick Ross <laughs> played
1: the Regina Pats, and he was a defenseman, and he played how many career NHL games?
0: Zero. Oh, Never zero. made it to the show. Never made it to the show as a first-round pick. That's a tough one. You can't have that happen. Again, you can't have that happen with your first-round picks. They've got to make it to the NHL. And listen, defensemen are, you know, they are they take a little longer to develop sometimes. So you, you get that, but you can't miss. You just can't miss with first-round picks. And they did. This was a yeah. swing and a miss.
1: Yeah, and you look at Nick Ross, he was playing in Regina with the WHL. He's, you know, he's he's, again, he's another guy that's an offensive defenseman. And in his draft year, he gets 31 points in 70 games. He played in the playoffs that year for the Regina Pats. And you thought, okay, I mean, he's a little smaller defenseman at that time. I mean, he's six foot and now you're getting five eight, five nine, five ten 10 defenseman playing back then in the early 2000s, you still needed to have a little bit of meat on your bones. And so he was a guy at six foot, the, you know, average size defenseman. He can move the puck. Well, or he can skate. Well, okay. And he misses with zero and you go to the second round.
0: Oh, I did the same thing. Did you go ahead? Defenseman, yeah, go ahead.
1: Montreal yeah. P.K. Subban. Subban. <laughs> Eight hundred thirty-four games, four hundred and sixty-seven points.
0: How about this guy in the last pick of the second round? How much would you have liked to have a guy like Wayne Simmons play for your team? Yeah. And again, you can do this with every draft. As we yeah, and we
1: talk event. about Evgeny Dadanov, um, who's playing in Vegas now. That Robert Bortuzzo is a defenseman that went later. Alex Killoran. <laughs> Jamie went.
0: Ben went in the fifth round this year. Jamie Ben in the fifth yeah. round. Jake Alec Martinez the defense. Round.
1: There are crazy. some real Justin Falk was another defenseman in that draft. So there, yep. there were so many guys yep. that went after Jake Muzzin was a defenseman in this draft. So there weren't just good players. There were really good defensemen that came after this pick. And again, we, Coyotes had two picks in the first round. You can't swing and miss. And again, that 30th pick overall, it was the last pick back then, there were 30 teams. It's the last pick of the round. Again, we're not expecting to get an all star, the guy that's going to, you know, carry the cup around year after year. You just, honestly, if you can get a third pair of defensemen that plays every day and eats 18 to 22 minutes in the first round of 30, you're thrilled. You need a guy just to play and eat minutes and be a part of what your franchise is because you need to build through the draft and you need pieces that fit everywhere. You didn't need that top pairing guy. You needed to get somebody that's going to play for your franchise. And unfortunately for Nick Ross, he didn't. And that's why he lands himself at number five of the worst draft picks in Coyotes history. And it's, oh my Lord, it does not get any better than this. So we're going to go to the fourth worst pick in Coyotes history. We're going to go... Way back to the 1999 draft, so bef- when they were just fresh in the desert, Craig, who did they pick in the first round in 1999 that lands at number four?
0: Well, who? This, this is another draft where they have two, two first-round picks.
1: Two first-round picks. We'll get to the other one later. Sensei That's you how bad think? this draft yes. is. Yes.
0: So we, 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 before yes. Two you go, guys in the top two guys, four.
1: Top four worst picks all time. Two in the same freaking draft. Yeah. Two guys in the worst four picks of all time
0: both in the first round. So who comes in at number 4? Kirill Safranov, Who? Defenseman, defenseman out of St. Petersburg SKA who played 35 NHL games
1: and how many with the Coyotes? One. Uh, one. One. <laughs> he went on to the Atlanta Thrashers from there.
0: Oh, uh, he was a, he was a, he was a star with the Thrashers with four points that one season. And then he uh then he went back to Russia, played in the K. Eventually what eventually became the KHL uh, and really didn't have much success in the K either.
1: You know, he's a six foot, 295 pound defenseman. Again, it's another guy that's a big guy and you go, okay, you need some size in the draft. This is the guy. Okay real Safranov I remember how excited you go through the guide and you go oh god he's a big defenseman from Russia oh okay yeah we just had Oleg Teverdoski was part of the franchise then and you go okay Russian defenseman yeah we're all in Danny Markov joins the franchise and you go okay Russian defenseman we're all in this is great two picks later Nick Boynton gets drafted by Boston plays 605 games two picks later like again you, you can't miss twice in the same round and the Coyotes did that. And we will get back to Mike Commodore was a defenseman that played several games. Jordan Leah played, but Jordan Leopold, drafted by Anaheim, a defenseman. Next round plays nearly 700 games in the league. There are so many defensemen from that draft that played, well, at least over 100 games, but several that played more. Frank Caberlet plays as a defenseman that drafted in the third round. Um, Nicholas Havillard for got drafted by Anaheim, plays over 600 games. There are so many defensemen that you missed and have a guy that plays one game for you and you drafted him at 19 overall. So coming in fourth, the worst picks of all time is Kirill Safranov at number 19 in 1999. And here we are, Craig,
0: it should be Top some 30. kind of drum roll. Yeah. We need uh like we need a commercial break, like the NHL draft lottery now where we build the suspense we, here.
1: We probably do need a, a, a break. And so let's talk about, phnx with all of their fantastic merchandise including all of their hats and i know craig and i both have their hats you get trucker hats golf hats snapback hats and for craig and i dad hats yeah whatever floats your boat we have the best hats for you to beat the heat as the summer sun approaches um i know craig and i like i said we both have our dad hats and we both well I sport my PHNX merch every day. There's new stuff in the locker every day. Um, I know the Mercury has a new shirt up. The Diamondbacks have a, did you see the Seth Beer shirt? Did they yeah, I up? love that shirt. It's a did. sick shirt. If you haven't seen the Seth Beer shirt and the PHNX locker, make sure you go check out the PHNX locker at go to phnx.com and check it out. And if you're not a member, become a member. So you get all of this news firsthand from Craig Morgan. If it happens in Coyote hockey, It's going to happen first at PHNX. Um, Check out Craig Morgan's articles and become a member to unlock a world of Arizona sports coverage you never imagined possible. Head to (laughs) gophnx.com today and become a member of the family. And you'll either get a free shirt from the PHNX locker or get your first month for just 50 cents for signing up. Join the Discord. And I tell you what, the Discord has been hopping right now. It sure has. Hopping. Yeah, Um, about everything playoffs and everything draft. And that's members only discord where Craig I and Leah are on there every day. It's on every beat in PHNX. If you want to be a part of local sports and the sports around Arizona, you really need to be a part of the PHNX family. So go to PHNX.com and become a member today, Craig.
0: Yeah, I hope we didn't. uh Jinx Seth beer with uh, that shirt because he was optioned to AAA Reno on Sunday, you know, <laughs> in, a <laughs> two a for 40, shirt, in a two for 42 slump. But yeah, he is. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a fantastic shirt. It really still is. A, the shirt. It's a, I just, I'm blown away by our, our, you know, our creative peeps in this company because they keep coming up with unbelievable shirts and I'm not just, I'm, I'm not a guy who's, going to be a hype man. I'm just not that kind of guy, but I I keep looking at these shirts and like who the hell comes up with these ideas consistently. They're so good. And I think, I I think you found that with our, with our subscribers, with our fans as well. They're buying merch like crazy. And of course, Petey, as we know, which team is number one in merch sales, uh, the PHNX family. Is it still us?
1: I believe it is.
0: I believe it is Petey, because we bring it. We bring it, wow. and speaking of bringing it, I've got a couple of stories. I know I've been quiet for a couple of days. It gets a little harder in the off season because you have to get a hold of people by phone; they're not just put in front of you. But I got a couple of things coming, including my final prospect report of the season. I checked in on Dylan Gunther uh, up in the Edmonton Oil Kings, who is one of three Coyotes prospects who is still playing at this time of year, and. Yeah, they've got Emil Martinson Lilleberg playing in the World Championships. Maddox Landry's playing in the Q playoffs. So that that may be over, unfortunately, for Gattano pretty soon. So Dylan Gunther has a chance to uh, take the deepest run of any of the Coyotes prospects. And that seems fitting because right now he's the number one prospect and he is lighting it up. So look for that story today on PHNX Sports. And and I'm also going to dive into the scouting series. The first edition of that scouting series is coming out on Sunday so look for those things on yep. gophnx.com. And Craig
1: is, is is helping sell the hope of what this franchise can be. And I'm sure there's an arena story coming because it's been, what, a couple of weeks? So I'm sure there's got to ah. be, there's arena news coming. And I'm comes,
0: efforting. I'm efforting.
1: Efforting. I like that word, by the way, efforting. We Me too. A lot. It should be a word. Yep. I'm not working hard or I'm not working on it or, hey, I'll get it to you in a minute. I'm efforting. That's the word of the day because I effort a lot. And so without further ado, the top 3 worst draft picks in Arizona Coyotes history coming in at number 3 we're going to go back to 1998 so we're going to go way back and we're going to go to the 14th pick overall craig take
0: patrick deroche
1: another patrick. goaltender patrick deroche who Six Eleven four, NHL games, hundred and seven kids, seven pound kid from the Ontario League playing for Sarnia, staying yeah,
0: light. Hopefully not two hundred seven kids, Petey. So that would be something. That would be a, a notable accomplishment. Did I say two hundred seven kids? You did initially, but that that'd no, be a hell of a fat. Pound wow. kid. Prolific. Six foot four,
1: Prolific. six foot four, big giant goalie, right? Like he, you're a big giant goalie coming in at the fourteenth pick overall. Oh yeah, you know, and this is a Vinny LeCavier draft. This this is a big draft. This is a good deep draft. Former Coyote Mike Rupp ends up getting drafted in the top 10. Tangay's in that draft. Simone Gagné, Kee-
0: Scott Gomez. Oh. We could keep going.
1: So how many picks or how many games did he play in his career? 11. Nine with the Coyotes. Nine games with the Coyotes and a guy that's picked in your top 14. <laughs> huh. Huh. Shouldn't, it, shouldn't that be another guy that, that you go, okay, you should be there forever. Like you, you should be the guy. You should be the guy. And, 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 So we go again. So I wanted to look back at goalies in that draft. And and I know these aren't, it's not Carey Price. It's Antiro DiMacchi, drafted by Philly, played 234 games in the league. Andrew Raycroft, in the fifth round, played 280 games for Boston. And here's a name Coyote fans will know that was drafted in the third round of that draft was Jason LaBarbera, who plays 187 um, games in the NHL. And you know what? If you become Jason LaBarbera, and you play 187 games, and even if you become a solid backup, maybe a 1B at certain points in his career, you go, okay, he played. He was he was part of it, and he became part of the franchise. And again, we talk about pieces. He's that piece. He's a piece that's playing at number two that can play games, and he can come in as a backup and and be a 1B for stretches of time, just like Jason LaBarbera did for many teams. Patrick Deroche just never became that, and I – Again, if, if you these are back in the years when, when if he would have been a hit, if he hits in 1998, that might be your goalie when you're running into the later years and the early 2010s, 11, 12, those years. Patrick G. Roche is now a 10 year vet and that's where he's playing and carrying you guys further as a franchise.
0: Instead, where did he play? When, once he bounced around the AHL for a couple seasons and they finally gave up on him, you know, he was with Lowell, he was with San Antonio, of course. Um, he, he went to the ECHL with the Texas Wildcatters, who two Ooh. games there. Then he went to Germany. Then he then he went to Norway. <laughs> Norway, that notable hockey playing country. I mean, when you when you look at Patrick Desrochers' resume on elite prospects, you're like who the hell are these teams that he played for? That's how far he fell. He couldn't even make it in North American hockey. And he wasn't even playing elite hockey over in Europe. He was playing in Norway, Norway. And listen, if you can play professional hockey in Norway, it's probably not a bad thing because it's a beautiful country. Like, uh, I don't know if you know the Coyotes uh, director of pro scouting, Brett Stewart, but I'm like, Brett, why do you live in Norway? It's not exactly a hockey playing country. It's like Craig because it's it's the best place to live in Europe. I'm like, okay, well that makes sense. It's a nice place to live. So if you can carve out a professional hockey career in Norway, more power to you. But clearly, Patrick De Rocher didn't live up to anything close to their expectations. Having
1: said that, I'm going to give you one more name in the 1998 draft. That not only did every team miss, every team missed several times, like several times. It, this went through Rup to up. the sixth round of the draft, 171st overall. Pavel Datsuk oh. gets drafted by the Detroit Wings in the same draft as Patrick D. Rocher. Gets Is he the 171st. best? 171st. He did okay. Is he the best late round pick ever? He I, if he's not and and by the way, we are having that show prior yeah. to the draft the yeah. best late round picks of all time for any team he is clearly going to be at the near the top. I won't give anything away quite yet but he he I, if you look at the same draft and again that's why this show I'm not saying who's the best kid Patrick deche was a great kid. I like patrick D. really nice kid we're not saying these are bad people or bad teammates. They just didn't do the job they were drafted to do. And I don't blame the scouts because we've talked about this over and over again at 18, 17, when you're picking these kids, how do you know? How do you know? But that's where Patrick D Roche lands on the worst picks of all time. He comes in at third. And so now we are getting, Oh my God, really? (laughs) We're we're going to keep going.
0: Yeah. Let's you go. You you take the takeaway number two
1: here. (sighs) Number two not- with the 19th pick in the 2002 draft, y- Jacob Caris. Yeah, I don't, I, I, we don't even know again, the pronunciation, right? Who, it could be is it Korreis, Jacob. Jacob I have no
0: idea. Who cares? Jacob <laughs>
1: Caris. Jacob Caris. And again, at 19, he's a guy who came from uh, the Czech league, played one year after he was drafted, he went and played a year in the OHL. We got 38 points in 48 games after his draft year. And again, this is one of those unknowns. And back then it was a little bit different. So we're drafting, it's 2002. So when you draft in 2002, it's not, you don't have, you know, you don't have all, you don't have the internet. You don't have YouTube. You don't have Twitter. You have to have feet on the ground. And this was a pick that was made by a player in the Czech Republic that just wasn't as widely seen as some of the players that that you can now like everybody knows everybody worldwide the world has shrunk so 2002 i think they were stepping a little bit outside of the box going okay here's a guy we got a guy zero games zero games at 19
0: there are four one two three four first round picks in that draft that never played an nhl game by the way this is considered one of the worst drafts of the millennium so that in his defense when you when you look down the list there's not a lot of great players but You know, and the Coyotes had two picks in this draft as well. Not only did they take Corais at number 19, they took Ben Eager at 23. And right after Ben Eager, Toronto took Alex Steen, who turned out to be a pretty good player as well.
1: Duncan Keith came later in that draft. Yes, he uh, did. Terry Philpola, Franz Nielsen, Yari Hoodler, Jay Bolmeister, Joffrey Joffrey Lupus, first round pick, so that's not fair. Matt Stage and Jarrett Stoll. Like there were plenty of players that played later in the draft. Um, Right. Right. Fortunately, uh, yeah, another coyote. Matthew Lombardi got picked in the third round at ninety. So there were some players that came after. It's just again, it goes back to the frustration when you pick in the first round and you get a player that doesn't play at all. That's tough. You pick a player in the top twenty, and he doesn't play a game for your franchise. That's frustrating. And I one other thing when we talk about first round draft picks, these are guys, and when you go starting. After you get drafted, you go to development camp or rookie camp or whatever it is. And I will tell you this, for every franchise, if you're a first-round pick, you get every opportunity, every opportunity. You're a first-round pick, you're playing on the first line at the development camp. You're playing on the power play at the development camp. When you get to regular camp, you're playing with NHL players. You're getting power play time in training camp. The first-round pick gets special treatment, period. And they get every opportunity to succeed because everything is focused on your first round pick because you put a lot of time and effort into this guy. So there is a lot of development time spent on that player. So when you miss at number one, you really miss because you have been afforded every opportunity to play, to play with good players, to train properly. You get all of the attention that sometimes isn't afforded to the guys in the fifth, sixth and seventh round. And that's just reality. And and we talk about Ben McCartney coming from a later round and being able to do what he's done. It even goes that much further to say, hey, not that they didn't give him the attention. That's not fair. They still put time and resources into these guys. But the first-round pick, it's reality. They get every opportunity to succeed. So when they don't, it is even more frustrating. And for this guy, Jacob Caris to not play a single game at 19
0: is really, really frustrating for a franchise. And sticking with that theme, Petey, of not playing a single NHL game and sticking with our theme of two guys in the same draft who really didn't pan out, at number one, and the Coyotes' worst draft picks of all time in 1999, number 15 overall, Scott Kelman. Who? Exactly. Scott Kelman? Scott Kelman. And again... A, not a great draft in 1999, but again, Kirill Safranoff at number 19, Scott Kelman at number 15. Do you know, speaking of great late first-round picks, this one really hurts. Do you know who went in the seventh round at number I, two, I don't. 10 overall to the Detroit Red Wings? I don't. Henrik Zetterberg.
1: Who? No, that one I've heard <laughs> of. So Zetterberg and D- Dadsu both drafted – Later rounds might have done a little better than this Scott kelman krill Safranov tandem in the first round at 15 and 18. Oof.
0: And and hey, yeah. sticking with that seventh round, you know who Colorado took with their seventh round pick that year? I don't. Redeem Verbata. Oh, wow. Look at that. The yeah, guy you know, who finally made his way to Arizona and then had his best years with the Coyotes. So it all turned out okay for Verby. But Scott not Kelman's so
1: another Kelman. guy, though. He, he's another guy. He's a Western leaguer. They drafted him from Seattle, and in the year of the draft, he played 66 games, gets 73 points in 66 games. More of a distributor. He's more of a playmaking centerman, and yes, he was a centerman um, that could have helped this franchise in their early stages to be that other guy, um, to be a, a, another helper up the middle of the ice. So you draft a center at 15th overall. Again, you need some contribution, and this is a guy that just never clicked. He just never was able to make it in. And not only in the national hockey, they could barely play and can stick in the in, in the
0: American no. League, I mean
1: the East Coast League, Central League. Oh, it's it's read, let's read the names. Over.
0: Let's read the team names. The Augusta Lynx in the ECHL. You know, that household name, the Jackson Bandits, <laughs> the Laredo Bucks, the Gwinnett Gladiators. These are amazing names, right, that people never hear. The Fresno Falcons, the Dayton Bombers, and then the final year of his career in England that notable hockey playing country for the Coventry Blaze. What?
1: Yeah. Again, it, it, we talk about how important it is to hit at the center ice position and how important being strong up the middle of the ice does to your franchise long-term, how it helps you in the playoffs, how it makes the wingers better, how you need to start through the middle of the ice. And if you're going to draft a centerman in your top 20 picks – Hopefully it's a guy that can play for your franchise. And so when you go back and look, so not only we take, we take him as the worst pick of all time, Scott Kelman as a big centerman up the middle of the ice to never play a game. The worst draft in the history of the Arizona coyotes is 1999. When you have two picks in the first round in the top 20 and neither one hits, it's a miss.
0: Hmm. That was a painful exercise, Pete. Glad we got it over with. Let's never do it again.
1: Wow. You know, Craig, it, it, it was fun doing the top. It was fun. I got to admit, you going through and going, OK, where do we compare? Where do we fall? Even some of those guys, you go, gosh, look who was drafted after them. But this list to have that many players over that stretch of time in the early in the early stages of this franchise getting started in this city that they didn't have an opportunity to build those pillars again you don't need the superstars it's great if you can get the superstars but those are the top three picks those are top hop high-end picks but you still need to get the pillars of the guys that fit into pieces and places and they did such a poor job early in this franchise on picking those guys that could be a part of going forward and and i think that that's why they stumbled so much early because you you, not only do you have to get free agents now you got to get who are you going to who are you going to play? Like you got to have 20 players. So I I think that the poor drafting for several consecutive years is just like we're talking about with the GM Bill Armstrong right now, how important it is for him to hit several years of good picks. And I don't mean outstanding runaway all-star picks. I mean, guys that can play guys that can play every single day, up and down, play their position, eat minutes, and be a part of a winning franchise. You need those players. You need to have a surrounding foundation. So Bill Armstrong not only needs to hit on the high picks, he needs to hit on these lower picks on guys that can fill spots on the franchise. And that's what they didn't do on some of these. And that's why they became the top 10 worst picks in Arizona Coyotes history. <sighs> Deep breath, Craig. I think, I think we've survived this, Craig. I think we were able to survive a show without at Leah Merrill.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we'll let the listeners be the judge of that. Maybe, so, maybe we went too long. Maybe we rambled too much. Leah always keeps us in check. So that is true for an
1: audio only. This is getting a shade long. So Craig, do, do you want to tease what's coming up um, on tomorrow's show?
0: Yeah, it, it's kind of cool actually that we're gonna we're gonna be previewing. Um, a specific matchup of the second round of the playoffs, um, the battle of Alberta. And listen, I know know people are excited about the battle of Florida because those are two incredible teams. Tampa's two-time defending cup champs. Florida Panthers were the best overall team in the regular season. That's going to be a great series, but it doesn't have the history. It doesn't have the history of the battle of Alberta between Edmonton and Calgary, which goes back to the Gretzky days. You know, he had some incredible matchup. Badger Bob, when he was coaching the Calgary Flames, we're gonna have an interesting guest to talk about the Battle of Alberta though, Petey. One that I think Coyote fans are familiar with. We're going to have Calgary Flames general manager, Brad Chiliving, on the show to talk about that and probably much more. We'll probably we'll probably go off the rails with Ooh, Brad a little bit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And their playoff series opens tomorrow night. So the the timing is perfect. So we can talk a little bit about um, specifically his team, some of the, how he built the team that he has now. And then of course we'll get into the battle of Alberta and we have some other fun things planned for the battle of Alberta that have uh, other Coyote connections. And that's all tomorrow at 11 o'clock on our live show on YouTube. So make sure you, you jump onto that one tomorrow. Follow everybody on social media. Follow the show at PHNX underscore Coyotes. Follow Craig Morgan at Craig S. Morgan. Follow me at S. Peters Hockey and Leah at Leah Merrill. We'll see everybody tomorrow. Thanks for joining us today. It was a painful exercise, but one we had to get through, and we will be spending a lot more time on the draft, draft picks as we get closer to the draft in the first week of July. For Craig Morgan, I'm Steve Peters. Thanks, everybody, for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow.